Welcome back. I'm Carolyn Stain, and you're listening to Classic Lunch, proudly brought to you by First for Women Insurance. Now, I've been chatting to some truly remarkable women on the show this month because, of course, it's Women's Month here in South Africa. And I'm very, very excited about today's guest who needs absolutely no introduction whatsoever here on Classic 1027. She's one of the world's most famous classical singers and a very dear friend as well, the amazing Welsh mezzo-soprano Catherine Jenkins. And she's on the line right now from her home in London, where she lives with her husband, Andrew Levitus, and their two children. Hello, Catherine. Thanks so much for joining Hello. me on Classic Lunch this afternoon. Hello. It's so lovely to chat to you. I've missed you. <laughs> oh, I've missed you too. I have to tell you, it is such an honor to have you on our show. We play you often. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Catherine, we've chatted a lot over the years. You've even visited our home. You were at our housewarming. Uh, we spent yeah. time in London. I taught you to crochet for 67 blankets for Nelson Mandela Day. <laughs> and I have I to did. tell our listeners, and I don't often share this story, but let's do it. I've sung, Carolyn has sung for Catherine Jenkins in a taxi cab, I think it was in London. <laughs> and I remember how shocked you were because I fancy myself as a Jenkins, a Florence Foster Jenkins. Um, but you were very, very kind, saying, you've got very good projection. <laughs> I remember it well. I was. I was impressed. <laughs> oh, gosh. Catherine, let me find out a few things about you, which we haven't discussed. When did you decide that you were going to become a famous opera star? I don't think I ever decided. Um, I learned to sing um, in church, in church choir, and I, I actually started singing publicly when I was four years old. Um, I, you know, I, I came running out of school, told my mum there was going to be a, a talent show, and could she teach me a song? And it really all started from there. But all the way through my childhood, the focus was singing, but it was singing for joy, and it and it was my hobby, um, my passion. And I never thought, I guess, because of the background that I come from, you know, sort of nobody in our family or in our community worked in any form of entertainment. So it just didn't seem an option or a possibility that I could work in that field um, mm. until eventually I decided, right, well, I'd love to go and study at a, um, at a music conservatoire. And everybody kept telling my mum that I should go and have proper lessons. So I thought, well, if I can get into somewhere like the Royal Academy of Music, then that's a sign that I could work in the industry somewhere. But even after uh, graduating from there and then getting my, my first record deal when I was 23, my mum and I, um, we didn't tell anybody that I had signed a record contract for about six months because we just didn't believe it was true. And it almost, might, I remember my mum saying, but things like this don't happen to people from Nice, Catherine. <laughs> so we sort of, we never actually believed it. And my mum always told me I had to have a backup plan and train as something else because um, I just wanted to sing and I never thought about being famous and I never thought about it, you know, being on this kind of level. So it's actually hmm. surprised me. What was the backup plan, if any? Well, I trained as a teacher as well. So um, when I left the Royal Academy of Music, I actually started teaching singing and music to um, to children. And uh, and it was during that time that I then got the opportunity to sing for 
universal and, and go through the record uh, process. Uh, and I kept teaching all the way through that until my first album came out. So I guess the backup plan would have been to continue to do more of that. But I love being a teacher and it's something that I... I would like to think that I return to at some point further down the line. Catherine, in South Africa, it's Women's Month. And, you know, we, what we're asking all our guests, you know, what, were, what was the biggest stumbling block in getting to where you wanted to go as a woman and for you in the world of music? I think there have been times where I felt that as a, as a, a woman, and I would imagine that this happens in sort of any of the, uh, any field really, is, that I think women are judged differently, um, almost to a higher standard. So, you know, to sort of see how maybe my male counterparts are, you know, reported upon or discussed or things like that, I think it's very different. The, the questions that you might be asked as a woman versus the questions you would ask of a man. So I think it's kind of that, that kind of thing has been a, a big learning curve and kind of, trying to make peace with that. But, you know, I, I grew up in a family of, of very strong women. Um, and I sort of have always had this attitude because of them that, you know, as a woman, I can go out and do whatever I want in terms of putting my mind to it. I can achieve what I want and I can be what I want. And I think that was a really important lesson to learn um, as, a, as a young woman. I have to ask you the following question, and I know it's 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 probably difficult to answer, but you are let's let's face it, a very beautiful woman. Um, did you encounter jealousies, harassment along the way? Um, I think it's. I, I just think it's always you know fascinating how. I mean, I definitely I definitely had situations you know like that. I won't go into them, but yes, there's definitely been things like that along the way. But I think as well, just in terms of uh, how we would report, for example, if, it, if a tenor is singing, maybe we'll see the tenor and we'll report purely on the performance. And with a, with a female, it's always about, it's the performance, but also what was she wearing? What, how did she do her makeup? <laughs> how was her hair? It's kind of, it's amazing how we have to add that into the, uh, into the mix as well. And so it's, it's that kind of thing which I find very fascinating. Also to be asked the question, for example, if I'm away on tour, of who's looking after my children? Um, whereas if it was a tenor, nobody would ask that question. Right, right. <laughs> so I find that kind now of you've, thing very interesting. Yeah, you've inspired so many women um, in your career and in your life. And I know because I'm one of them. But I want to know who is the fearless woman that inspires Catherine Jenkins? I would say my mum. You know, my mum was the main breadwinner in our house. Uh, she worked in, um, in uh, breast cancer screening uh, when she was working. And, you know, she, she was the main breadwinner. My father took early retirement. And I think knowing that my mum was not necessarily an ambitious lady, but a very hardworking lady, um, she instilled that work ethic and that sort of, you know, it's down to what you... What you put into things is what you get out. And she told my sister and I that, you know, we could achieve whatever we wanted to achieve in life. Um, and it was about dedication. Then when sadly my father passed away when I was 15, um, you know, my mum was 45. Um, she was, um, you know, bringing up two teenage girls by herself. She's never remarried. And she has an in enormous amount of sort of strength and courage and a sort of joy for life. And I, I, I've always really admired that. You know, she's very strong 
and she gets on with things. And I think she's been an amazing role model, just sort of, uh, you know, for my for my career, but also, you know, how to hold myself, how to um, stand up for what I believe in, and uh, and then also to be a mum myself. Well, your mum has done a tremendous job. I think she knows that. Uh, Catherine, one of the very big things on everyone's mind at the moment is, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic. But it hasn't stopped you from singing. In fact, you've performed a series of 16 live concerts every week on Facebook during the lockdown. And I remember being in the bath one day and there you came on Facebook Live and I watched your (laughs) concert. And I thought it was the most generous thing to do. And in the process, you've raised a lot of money for the NHS and I know that many people in South Africa enjoyed your performances online as well. How did you find that performing like that from home um, for your lockdown lovelies, I think you call us? <laughs> well, it actually all started because my um, uh, mum has you know, fallen into that 70s bracket and here in the UK, they asked uh, anyone over 70 to sort of isolate first. And I was thinking about people like her who were on their own um, you know, potentially lonely. And I said to my husband, I'm going I'm to just do a little concert on Facebook tonight. And, and he was very supportive. And I was amazed by how many people around the world tuned in to watch. And, and yes, we had Millions, we had millions. I know comments. you're not going to say it. I'm going to tell our listeners millions of people tuned in. <laughs> um, and not from South Africa. We always had shoutouts from South Africa, which was amazing. And I made a promise there. And then, well, look, we're in this lockdown together, um, and it, you know, for as long as we're in it, I will sing to you every Saturday night. So we'll be the same, same time, same place. And the UK was in a lockdown for 16 weeks, so I, I went through the full four months. As we uh, progressed, you know, my family got more and more involved because I wrote my husband into being the sound man, and my children were dancing around in the background, as you know. And it became a sort <laughs> it of family was so event. cute. <laughs> But it was really important and it became really special for us because I think it was um, it was our way of kind of, you know, I'll I'll never be able to help in a medical way or on the front line like so so many amazing people have been doing all around the world. But I can sing a few songs and I can keep people company. And so it was our way of trying to do our bit. To, um, to help people get through this really unsettled time. It was really beautiful. You also performed at the Royal Albert Hall behind closed doors to mark the, 20, the 75th anniversary of VE Day, which included your wonderful virtual duet with Dame Vera Lynn, who sadly passed away earlier this year. Tell me more about that. It must have been quite eerie being in that beautiful theatre with no people. It was very surreal. I thought I would know how it was going to feel because I've, you know, sung there many times and often, you know, in the afternoon before a performance, we're sound checking and the hall is empty. But, you know, there are, there will be an orchestra on stage. My kids are running around the rows of chairs. Um, and it's, and I, so I, I imagined I'd know what it felt like, but actually I wasn't prepared for how emotional it would feel. Mm. And, you know, obviously we had to all be on high alert with all of the COVID restrictions and making sure we were doing things properly because it was at the height of the peak year. But when I got to the final song and I you know, I had to sort of look up and pretend I was looking at the roof of the Albert Hall, but actually I was trying to hold back the tears because mm. it was really overwhelming to realise that, you know, the seats were empty for a reason. And I felt so, so proud that the Albert Hall invited me to do this concert because it had never happened before. They'd never 
then like behind closed doors concert like that and it's I think it's 150 year history so it felt like a massive honor but really important to still kind of uh, mark the occasion in the best way possible under those circumstances. You were emotional and millions of people around the world were emotional. Doe and I sat there in tears. I mean, you looked Aww. sublime. I mean, that dress, uh, I mean, everything <laughs> about it was just so spectacular. And thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Catherine, you've re released a new album, uh, which has gotten a lot of traction called Cinema Paradiso. And I absolutely love it. Tell us a bit more about that. Well, it's a, it's an album that I recorded before Christmas, um, and little did I know that when I recorded it then, that you know we would be in a in a situation where we've all kind of turned to uh, to movies for a sense of sort of entertainment and nostalgia um, and escapism, and this album is is literally that. It's for me all of the the famous and uh, my favourite musical moments from films. Um, so things that are so iconic, as soon as you hear the music, you can imagine the movie. So, you know, Moon River, Breakfast at Tiffany, uh, you know, West Side Story, um, Singing in the Rain. Um, there's so many beautiful pieces of music like Schindler's List. that I, I just mm. absolutely love the theme of that. Um, and obviously um, Cinema Paradiso from, by, by Morricone. Um, it, it, it's a very sort of positive and uplifting album. And it was nice to actually finally be able to share it with everybody because it got slightly delayed with, um, with you know, with the COVID-19 um, situation and not getting the album out to everybody. But I'm so happy that it's finally um, with everybody and, and happy that they can hear some new music. Well, talking of music, Classic 1027 is a music radio station, so I think it's time to play something. And you've selected a song called This Mother's Heart for us to listen to this afternoon off your album Celebration. Could you tell us a bit more about why you chose this particular song? Well, I was thinking about our conversation about women and, and uh, being inspired by women. And this was a song which... Um, you know, for me, when I when I first found it, I actually recorded it as a um, tribute to Her Majesty the Queen's 90th birthday, and thinking of her as a you know a very inspirational figure to me, um, but also you know of the amazing women around me, um, and also I guess a turning point for me, you know, when I when I became a mum, the sort of impact that had on on my life, and so. Um, it's a very emotional song, um, and actually every time I hear it, I, get, I actually can get a bit teary. <laughs> so, um, it's, a, it's, it's a difficult one to sing live because it means so much to me. Uh, well, here it is. Here is Catherine Jenkins with This Mother's Heart, off her album Celebration. Uh, that was called This Mother's Heart, and it was sung by my very, very special guest today, the absolutely wonderful Catherine Jenkins. And wasn't that just so, so beautiful? Tell me, Catherine, if you could go back in time with the benefit of hindsight, what would you tell the young, well, you are young, the much younger Catherine Jenkins? <laughs> I'm not so young. I just turned 40, so I'm feeling I'm in a different age bracket now. Oh. <laughs> um, but what I'd... What would I tell myself? I think um, I think that probably uh, to enjoy the moment a little bit more. I think that, yes. um, as I said, you know, earlier in the interview, what I, di I really didn't believe all of this was going to happen to me. So I sort of kind of 
um, I always thought, well, this could be the last album or this, you know, I, n- I never took it for granted. And I think um, if I could tell my younger self that, you know, it's okay, like you're going to be able to sing and it's going to, you know, continue for a little while longer and just enjoy and live in the moment rather than kind of always thinking about moving on to the the next thing. Um, I think that would be a, a major one. And I think that also applies to to personal life as well is to live in the moment you know these are the these are the best days and um it's kind of important just to stop and and take that in rather than feel like you're always on the go absolutely one more question before you go um because as i've been saying it's women's month here in south africa if you had one piece of advice for the women of south africa and actually women in general around the world what would that be i think it's about you know feeling empowered you can do anything you put your mind to um and more um, I think that the older I get, the more I, I'm in awe of women. I'm in awe of the sort of the strength and the power and the things that we can achieve. And I think it's really important to tell each other that. I think we're all, mm-hmm. I think we're all amazing. And it's really important to sort of pass those compliments on uh, and empower, you know, the, the women around us. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show today, Catherine. It's been a wonderful, wonderful time chatting to you. And I really hope we get a chance to catch up in person again soon. And I promise you, I won't sing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think a duet is on the cards next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so thanks so much, you, Catherine. I'm really, I'm really missing South Africa. It's one of my favorite countries in the entire world. I can't wait to come back. So, um, Hopefully all, all of this will be over soon and, and I can get out there and sing for you all again. I'm crossing fingers. That was multi-award winning Welsh mezzo-soprano, the gorgeous, talented, incredible Catherine Jenkins.